Hello, I'm Hannah Jenna. And I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender. So please help us out by subscribing and sharing. And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. Well, hello. We are back again on this hot, sweaty summer's evening. To bring you, not if you're in England, sorry, it's not hot and sweaty there. It's raining there. Oh, still? Still raining, still raining. British summer. Yeah. Um, And I actually had a drop in in the gym today who's French, but he just moved from London to Santa Barbara. Oh. And was talking about how it feels really hot. And I was like, well, I was out in the valley wine tasting yesterday and that's significantly hotter. And he was like, oh no, this is fine. And he was talking about how British summer had had been and gone and then he went on to talk about like how expensive santa barbara seems to be so far and i'm like compared to london yeah he said he he's renting a bedroom here and it's more expensive than his apartment in london and i was like huh so this is what you have to do you just have to keep looking around at mountains and ocean and palm trees and okay this past year has been weird for weather but the fact that most of the time it's fairly decent Never too hot, never too cold. And just keep reminding yourself that's what you're paying for. Otherwise, it's right. it stings. And he was like, yeah. So I'm not sure if like... A bedroom. I, I, I mean, I know, obviously, it is really expensive to live here and housing is crazy. But a whole apartment in London? I think he was he was definitely not central London. Because he right. had to give me his, his crazy. postcode for his credit card. And it was definitely not a central London postcode. But... Anyway, that's a zip code for you American listeners. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, hot, sweaty evening. And what are we going to talk about? We are going to talk about training and the the importance, I would say, of having a plan and like understanding where you're at in order to a be kind to yourself on the off days or manage your expectations. B, make sure you're actually working towards achieving something. Because if you don't have a plan, it's like all those people that we always talk about in uh, New Year's Eve say, yeah, I'm going to join a gym. And then they right. join the gym to be fit and healthy, but there's no plan. And they have no idea what to do or what they like to do. And it all falls apart. Um, and also like that dreaded state of overtraining. And yes, what that does to you (laughs) and how you might know, because I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people and I have been one myself who intentionally is just has not is currently. I'm older (laughs) and wiser. I want to make that clear. I'm not about to launch into some prolonged period of overtraining and undo all of my gains. But in the past, I have overtrained. I wouldn't have necessarily known that yeah. that was the right term to apply to myself, but intentionally just spent hours and hours and hours moving my body in a gym or some kind of active environment setting with the intention of burning calories. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good topic too, where, where I was thinking about this, we're about almost exactly a year from when you and I were taking off for the CrossFit games too. Oh yeah. Um, and as I've been, 
eagerly awaiting the game starting and, and getting to watch all that fun again, um, this time from, you know, the comfort of my sofa, um, watching it on YouTube, but um, thinking about how interesting it must be for athletes, like, who train at a level where they, obviously, they want to avoid overtraining, but they have to, like, peak. Mm-hmm. So, like, like how to, like, I just think about periodizing your training, right? Like, when do you actually change your goals and shift intensity and then make sure you recover from, like, the really high intensity? And, and I think that's one thing. they're about to the end of their yeah. season, right, after next week. And, and obviously, for the most of us, we're not paid to do this. We're not professionals. <laughs> we're not required to deliver the performance of our lifetime by our sponsors <laughs> or anything like that. However, like, I know, like, when I first got into CrossFit, like, not when I first started, but I'd say, like, 2015, when I, like, actually got any kind of consistency started with it. to take it more seriously, yeah. And for years, it was just, like, go, 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 all mm-hmm. the time. I never stopped to think about, like, yeah. even though I'm obviously not pushing my body anywhere near as hard as, like, a professional CrossFit Games athlete, I was thinking about it just recently because we just finished a strength cycle. We, for the CrossFitters out there, we follow Mayhem programming. So we just finished, last week was testing week. And I knew that I was not likely to PR, probably not even gonna try to PR my lifts because I had two weeks away. And not just like two weeks of not doing any of that kind of stuff. But I realized that age is also catching up to me and crossing eight time zones. It's more brutal right. on the body than lying. I remember. Well, and the games, right? I mean, the athletes coming from other parts of the world, some of them got to Madison, Wisconsin, like two, three weeks ago because they, they want to recover from jet lag. There's all, I mean, absolutely eight time zones is, so I really, is no joke. Like, I really had to think about this and have several words with myself because, like, yeah. I came in um, two weeks straight off, like, off apart from that one little trip to the gym, which didn't really do anything towards helping me with my PR progress. <laughs> um, lots of messed up sleep from that trip and yeah. adjusting to a new time zone. And then deliberately, like, I decided to track macros for one month and, like, be in a deficit for a little bit. And I'm now, like, on the upside of that, I'm starting to eat more, which is fun, just because of, like, the previous podcast to- topic of kind of feeling a little bit crappy about things yeah. and just Taking kind of wanting control. to dial it in and rejig the old nutrient timing more around when I work out rather than just waking up eating all the food and then going yeah. to bed hungry every night so um that's going well but I was obviously kind of depleted on top of all of the other things and to on every single day in the gym that people were going for PRs and I was seeing everybody not everybody but like a lot of people were getting good PRs you know, we also have a lot of new people in the gym who are just going to PR like crazy, right. regardless, you know, Ugh, like the, just by figuring out how to the do PRing something. The PRing of the first few years of CrossFit is... I mean, it stings the ego sometimes. Yeah. And you're like, ah, <laughs> I remember it. those days, but man, they are... And you like, they, they look at no you more. when you celebrate a one pound PR and they look at yeah. you like one pound, and like you'll get there. Yeah. Take what You'll you understand get. one day. So we're, we're the old crotchety ones. Like, I was literally like day. every single PR day, especially, I mean, it was powerlifting and I don't particularly like powerlifting apart from bench pressing. So like on the bench press day when I was like, oh, this is going to just be so brutal that I'm not really in a position mm-hmm. to kind of full send it. And for a hot second, I kind of got annoyed because I, I went to something that's like decently heavy, but solid sort of. 12 to 15 pounds off of my PR and it felt way heavier than it should have done and I was like you know what I'm stopping here because it's not going to serve me any purpose to 
either hurt myself trying to get the next lift or just fail it and then be like yeah, disappointed. Yeah, a bunch of reps. And then, then I was like, wait a minute. Let's just let's just think about this. Like since the beginning of this year, I launched, you know, full bore into like trying to figure out some stuff that I couldn't do before the Open did. The Open did the quarterfinals, did some competitions, climbed a freaking mountain, um, did multiple strength cycles, did barbell club again and like pulled out PR for snatching. And at no point was I ever like, um, when, when do we actually have downtime? Like, when do we actually give ourselves, like, not just, oh, it's deload week, which generally just means kind of more aggressive workouts, but maybe less heavier but on less, the barbell. Exactly. It's usually just time off from heavy barbells. <laughs> it's like, I had to actually stop and remind myself that the go, go, go and the constant expectations, like, even the best of the best aren't doing that. Yeah. I mean, I bet you, like, most of the CrossFit Games athletes... Two weeks after they finish the CrossFit Games, if you ask them to say that they have this year, they have the Olympic lifting total. Yeah. Yeah. If you ask them to repeat the numbers they hit. Right. They they probably not. Probably not. Um, And so that's kind of like it it made me think that so many of us are like just expecting so much from Mm -hmm. ourselves without actually thinking what what am I resting here? Like, what am I working towards? What am I doing? What is the plan? When am I going to be okay with taking a step back and going, you know what? Yeah. It's fine if I'm not doing this or if I don't hit this number and, you know, all of those other factors that going, go into being able to perform well too. Like the deficit for me, which wasn't even a huge deficit, probably took 12 to 15% off of my ability to, yeah, produce that power and i'm gonna liken myself to to my new dyson <laughs> which is just, your have new, a new vacuum cleaners have a new vacuum cleaner us. okay let's hear um, it and this might sound really crazy but bought the vacuum cleaner very excited about it turned it on sucked up a small amount of dust and then it went and stopped working so i tried to charge it up again and it would charge it looked like it was charging but uh, clearly there was an issue with the battery. So it would charge oh. a little bit, just enough to give you a little, and then it would just be like, and I'm done. And I was like, oh, that is like me in a deficit. I have like a little bit of energy so I can show up and do like, I can do the workout. But then when you need to like, when you run out of that energy source and you like go to like your reserves and it's not there, everything's gone. And that's like how I felt in the gym. Like yeah. my battery was just like topped up just enough to do like the bare minimum but beyond that or like if i was demanding any kind of explosive movement out of my body it was just like uh, oh no nope you're a dyson i'm a failed dyson (laughs) (laughs) it's a good comparison you got to find those things that that where whatever it is that makes those lessons click for you so comparing yourself to a dyson um (laughs) yeah uh that little vacuum cleaner comparison aside you have been much better over the years that I have known you at like <laughs> thinking about what you want to work on, about staying away from things that cause pain. That's and true. talked about that a little bit last time, the, the how interesting it would be to spend days in each other's body. <laughs> having a plan. So like I mean looking starting if day today was day one like looking ahead like what is your plan yeah so i'm i mean 
I really like this topic is it is so timely, right? Because I mean, I feel like um, I didn't really have a plan earlier in the year, but similar to you was like had a great time doing the open was in a calorie surplus back then. So I was feeling great. Um, quarterfinals, right? Like I was like, oh, yep, going to eat all the food and just, you know, feel that power because it's amazing when you're when you're well fed and you're also being challenged by something like the open workouts or the quarterfinal workouts. It just feels great to feel great doing mm-hmm. those. Um, but I hadn't planned that, right? I mean, I didn't even know if I was going to sign up for the open until I did it. Um, and then it was all about prepping for mountain climbing. Um, so I think part of the reason I'm maybe good at being systematic with the goals is that I have different goals, right? Like, I mean, my goal this year was mountaineering. Um, so Ecuador and Whitney before that were like in my brain had been the goals over and above something like the, the CrossFit open. Um, and then, yeah, so it's sort of like I had a plan and then I had fun doing this other stuff. So I tried to like meld the plan. So I didn't really feel like I was following a very precise system in that. Um, but then after Ecuador, it was like, okay, the mountaineering goals, check that off. Um, I needed a new plan, came back with my, a little bit more knowledge about what's going on with my foot. So I was like, my plan is gymnastics for the summer. Um, and that has been a really good plan. And what it also, the sort of combination of the hurt foot, the mountaineering goals being checked off and like having fun with gymnastics made me think for the first time, probably ever in my 10 years of CrossFit, like looking all all the way ahead to next year's open and thinking like, what is the plan between now and then? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm now like this past open was a bit of an accidental, um, adventure in that, but this coming open, I want to be more intentional about it. So right now I'd say my plan is no more mountaineering goals. And part of that's because of what's going on with my foot. Um, but actually looking ahead, like I have, when does the, open? we probably have eight months, seven to eight months yeah. um, at this point, right? We're all, oh gosh, it's already August in like two days. So yeah. Um, and I don't yet know what that plan looks like, but that is the plan. <laughs> the plan okay. is to focus on what's going to get me, you know, work on some specific weaknesses between now and then. And then we also have um, in the next three months, well, I guess I have three CrossFit competitions and a long weekend of fitness with uh, fitness and Olympic lifting, I mm-hmm. guess, right? So we've got and three of the four of those things we're doing together. Um, so there's like a little bit of that competition through the fall um, to sort of probably help identify more weaknesses. So I'm going to use those tests because I've, I'm not at peak performance right now, I would think with coming off the injury and things like that. So I've got those four things to be like, reveal my weaknesses because <laughs> those will be similar probably to something like the open. Um, and then, yeah, sort of, I got to come up with the plan still, the actual steps of the plan, but that's the plan. Do you think at any point in the past when you've had a plan that you've ever overdone it? Or do you think you've always been pretty measured and listened to your body well or been okay with going today is not my day I'm gonna walk away and we've got another time yeah I mean we've kind of joked about this before and I mean 
It is a joke. I'm not really a quitter, but I am really good at listening to my body if like it's not feeling great. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've always been pretty good at like rest days, like even, I think, I think we talked about it on the podcast once. I don't know what, it was probably at least a year ago or something, but thinking about like, as I get older, like maybe like two full rest days a week is like sometimes what I need, depending on what kind of training I'm doing. Um, so I've always been good with that. Like I like rest days. I like mobility and I like sleep and recovery. And I just want to check in. Like for some, for some people rest day, they're like, oh, I just ran a 5K. Right. That's yeah, that's not a rest day. day. Um, like what do rest days yeah. actually so for mean me, to you? And that's true. That's a really good point because sometimes people are like, oh, rest day. I'm going to go hike Cathedral Peak because right, like rest day doesn't. A rest day isn't just taking time off from your sport and doing mm-hmm. another sport, right? Like, um, So, yes, uh, when I was training heavily, like, yeah, when I would say, like, two full rest days, that was, like, I would still try to get in a good amount of steps and movement. Mm-hmm. But, like, it would not be specific exercise sessions. Um, walking around the neighborhood listening to podcasts, that's totally fine. Um, you know, Going to the beach and maybe, I mean, I think like paddleboarding, like some, there are some quote unquote sports or like activities like that, that I think could be perfectly fine on a rest day. And if I was actually training specific, like, I don't know, like 10 minutes of core work and mobility, like that's, that's fine on a, that counts, still counts as a rest day. Um, as long as you're not doing like nothing like 200 impactful. GHDs for time, like not that kind of core work. Great <laughs> um, rest day. <laughs> but but yeah, so I mean, I, I'm generally pretty good at that. But I will say I'm I'm better at those, like keeping up with those goals of rest days and recovery when I'm training hard, like intense, more intense times of CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Um, this summer, I will fully admit right now that in the last two months, I, I have been overtraining some gymnastics. And I think... The reason I got to that place, and we can talk more about it, you know, as we go along <laughs> with this, but like, I think because it wasn't intense CrossFit, mm-hmm. I didn't know how much I needed to rest. Like working yeah. on gymnastics only and like not barbells and stuff like that was a new phase for me in this like, you know, if I'm periodizing training and working on specific weaknesses, I didn't, I don't really know if I yet fully understand like when I'm just training a specific like skill set how much I need to rest. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure how much handstand push-up work I was doing was part of the reason why I did not PR my bench press and couldn't even get 10 pounds within 10 pounds of my last PR. Cause I was like, but I've been working on this, but I was like, Oh, but I've also been like doing a lot of pushing mm-hmm. and like body weight push-up negatives, like handstand push. Like, so I think like I, yeah, I'm I'm still learning how to not overtrain when it's like sort of mixed. Things I think that's like one that. thing. Like you're, I know from CrossFit that you're so used to just like waiting for like typically my trigger because I'm an idiot. My trigger for like rest days is like oh you're man, I'm like falling out of bed. Yeah, you trying get... to stumble up to my feet like, to get up. Like, I couldn't ah! sleep last night because my shoulder was burning or all like, night long. Oh, I think I need to go to a doctor. Maybe it's time for a rest day. Like that's usually my strategy. And then sometimes like like when I was doing some gymnastics training the other day and they were like band assisted, like decreasing yeah. the like the level of band but so it doesn't feel as bad and I certainly didn't wake up like holy heck I'm super sore yeah but 
I, I waited one day before I got right back to it. And yeah. as soon as I jumped up, I was like, damn, yeah. I'm more tired than I realized. And now I'm just wearing things out. Yeah. And rather than like building myself up, I'm back to that whole thing of like, I'm just breaking it down. So now I'm trying to be like, if I jump up and I do like five reps of whatever, and it's just like, this is feeling off. I'm like, okay, yeah. we, we don't need to do this again. Because we did this a lot just two days ago or something. Yeah. Like a little time and space is actually going to be beneficial, particularly because I'm not 20 anymore. Right. <laughs> that is true. Mind, I think body, you can, disconnect. You can, I mean, you can get away with a lot when you're young, just mm-hmm. by nature of being young, yeah. right? I mean, like teenage athletes, when you're in your early 20s, mid 20 I mean, like the recovery, I mean, even with elite athletes, right? There's a reason why there's sort of natural age limits within certain sports. Um, and a ton of that just has to do with how well you recover when you're younger. Well, I remember um, when I first moved out here and that the first gym that we went to and like, you know, there was a sort of a separate space and there were some really good athletes over there. And like some of them, like very early twenties, if even in the twenties, they didn't even warm up. Like, oh yeah. The people straight who don't have to it warm up. And Ugh. like straight into like, a heavy Olympic lift mm-hmm. without any kind of warming up or anything yeah. like that. And they, for the most part, there was a couple of things that went wrong. But like for the most part, you know, when, when they're in their 20s, could just walk right out of there right. and be fine. And come back the next day and be like, oh, I just ate like a large pizza and had some beer last night and I feel great. You know, like the recovery is definitely, there is some, yes, there are some <laughs> values to being. But the thing is, also, I would always watch them, even back then, when I wasn't a great crossfitter I mean I'm not great now but like better now um I would look at them though and be like what a shame because if they did get into the practice of warming up even when they didn't quote unquote have to um they'd be better athletes in the long term I'm just an impatient warmer upper yeah like I know like when I'm really warm like if I try and lift you know sometimes you get like a big workout and then you have to do a big heavy yeah. lift and it feels great. Absolutely. I mean, but like, like, I just don't have that. I'm impatient. Patient too. To, I'm bad. I, to I definitely get really warm. And it's, it's yeah. easier now. Like it's hot now. So it's like your yeah. body is already like much warmer, but like mm-hmm. in the winter, I don't think I was ever fully warm for a workout during no. the winter months until maybe the very end of a workout if it was long. Yeah. But yeah, I need to be better with that. And now that I'm doing like some some cool new gymnastic skills, you know, for myself, it's like I can absolutely see, like I'll think I'll be fatigued after doing some other work, but the gymnastics pieces actually go better, and it's because I'm so warm. Um, so we'll we'll both work on that, being a little more patient with our warming up, because I do feel like that. Uh, yeah, that really does help. A I lot. should just turn the inside <laughs> of my car into a sauna. Yeah, <laughs> just like sauna right? I mean, myself. If we had, I'm like... technically sauna that's the answer but Um. yes like (laughs) training is an interesting one and I think because of what we do it's not like going to a globo gym and just pounding a treadmill where I don't know is that training or just exercising I I feel like that's I mean that's a great I mean there's a difference between training and exercising there's a reason I don't say I exercise like I I feel like I'm in a stage of my life where I mean it when I say I'm training because Training to me means you have set goals and you are systematically working toward those goals. You know, Mm -hmm. everyone's going to have totally different goals, but that is training. Exercise is mindlessly getting on a machine because like 
you think you have to or like right well, that's I think what you the doctor also... says exercise so you're like cool i'm gonna go do this thing i mean i definitely say that like exercise like exercising is no bad thing right yeah oh yeah. this is not and i think there's definitely i would say a lot of people like we do crossfit at the gym we go to who are there to exercise they, absolutely who have no yeah. need or desire to yeah. test how heavy yeah. they can possibly lift or want to compete mm-hmm. or go for max sets yeah. or look at a skill that they can't do and be like i'm gonna yeah. put in some serious time yeah. to figure that out and that's completely fine absolutely and it's like they and and they i mean most of them i absolutely right like they they they're very upfront about that right mm-hmm. they're like I'm not going to log, I don't need to log my workouts in sugar wad. Like I'm not interested in like, right? Like, and that's, to- you're right. Like it's. I remember when I first clear, started like, that's totally coaching fair. that I had a, I had a really tough time with that. Yeah. Because I know. like. You want them to like I, want the same yeah, things as like, you. <laughs> I consider what I do as like training and there's a discipline element to that that I really love. Like it is very rare occasion that I'm going to not go and do my my workouts mm-hmm. what I plan to do because yeah. somebody says hey do you want to go and do x y or z I'll be like sure afterwards yeah but like yeah, there's a certain still... I think the another sort of piece of that is like yeah the discipline part that goes with training is different from like just exercising yeah. for fun yeah um and when I first started coaching like because my mindset as an athlete is like I want to train like yeah. I actually I love the discipline I love like the routine I love the I don't love the frustration, but I love the, that part of yeah, the process it, of like, I've got to figure out how to do like, this thing that my body doesn't know how to do yet. How the hell do I figure it out? But for the people who were just exercising, didn't mm-hmm. really care. Like I was like, ah, uh, yeah. I don't know how to deal with you. What? And then you get the other end of the, sort of the extreme of people who are just like, I want to just yell stop. I want a physical freaking stop sign and be like, what? Yeah. Are you doing? Yeah. Like, you do understand that pounding away, like, you, you hear, like, CrossFit again, but, like, obviously professional athletes spend hours every day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be CrossFit. I mean, whatever sport they do, they spend hours every day training and perfecting. But it's very purposeful. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not seeing people just spending four to six hours a day with the intention of just trying to burn calories on a machine. Yeah. Because what, what are we working towards here? Because if you're trying to like get strong, but then also you're just constantly working at a sort of low level intensity and just there to accumulate hours Mm -hmm. while moving your body. Yeah. You're probably going to take away from your possible strength gains to be able to move for that long on say machines for example or just you know yeah carrying something or whatever you're going to be moving at a pretty low intensity so you're also not there for like fitness essentially right or like yeah like a particular kind of fitness right like it's so it's an interesting thing and as somebody who's kind of been through like oh more is better more is always Mm -hmm. better and now as an athlete who is figuring out how to get older stay an athlete and yes. stay an athlete and yes, not a pile yes. of broken bones and as a coach who's now watching different people coming in and you know we've got I we coach people who are brand new and trying to figure mm-hmm. out like yeah. what are my limits like how how much time can I spend? because you know it's when you start I remember when I started CrossFit and I started to understand what the hell it all meant and yeah. you know figured out how to work a barbell and and all that stuff and it was exciting 
and I just wanted to do it more and more because seeing the good people I was like yeah you're just like oh I, I can do, do that if I do this enough if I just do it more then I'm gonna I'll get, get better yeah, I'll get at to it. that level but I think one of the the biggest sort of hampers to good progress is overtraining yeah and that's where like I always want to ask people and it's like hard because you know like we said we've got the the dedicated people who are training we've got mm-hmm exercises and then there's people kind of in the middle yeah, people figure dabble and it's putter sort of, we talked about you know the days when sometimes you just putter about doing this little this and a little of that and that we all have days like that too <laughs> i would love to sit everybody down and be like what what is your yeah. plan like mm-hmm. what is the point of what you're doing here dory's got a plan dory doodle what's your plan are you planning to be strong or fast i think you're just planning to be or a hybrid loud just loud. Right now. But yeah, I always think about, you know, training. What is your plan? Yeah. Because more, like you've shown that like, not, more is definitely not oh, yeah. always I mean, I better. Love... And I have shown that more <laughs> has consequences. Yeah. And they're usually not the consequences that you like set out to achieve. And I think it's, I mean, it's also right. Like you. We can talk about all this as well. And I, you know, I feel like I've, I've got some, a little bit of wisdom and all the wisdom I have related to this is very much related to the fact that I've just experienced both ways now, right? Like, I mean, it's really hard to coach someone and tell them less can be more until they've actually experienced what it's like to maybe take adequate rest and come back to like us, the similar challenge and just crush it after you've rested, right? Like, I mean, like, there's nothing quite like experiencing that yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, you can certainly, we obviously as coaches, we want to talk to people about that and like encourage them to think about their goals. But on some level, they also just really need to experience that, right? Like actually put it into practice because there are times where, yeah, I've been like, haven't taken enough rest days and something like my bicep tendonitis has come back. And like tendonitis, if you've had it, right? It's like one of those, it's just the most annoying kind of overuse injury because it's mm-hmm. just annoying, right? Like it's like, it's just kind of inflammation, irritation, and you just, it makes things hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's not like a broken bone. It's not like an injury where that like forces and you to And you can't stop. see it. So you, you can't, can't be like, look at this. Yeah. So it's just like annoying. But I mean, I had to learn the hard way what brings that tendonitis back and so this summer when i was doing all the handstand push-up work and bar muscle up work like those were the two it pushing and pulling um i finally started to actually recognize the warning signs of that tendonitis coming back and was like oop okay i'm gonna change my handstand push-up work like i'm gonna spread it out a little more like the program i'm doing you're supposed to do it like four times a week Mm -hmm. i was like I'm going to cut that down to three times a week, even if it takes me six weeks instead of four to get through their program, you know, that they've mm-hmm. laid out. Um, because I know overtraining, pushing movements brings back that tendonitis and I do not want that back. So, so that's just like, you know, experience. You got to learn some things the hard way. Um, and the flip side is you get to learn other things the the good way, which really is that exciting, like, you know, you fail at something recognize that maybe you're overtrained, you need some rest, you take time off, you come back to the challenge and all of a sudden something clicks and it's there. Or like 
you thought you'd lost strength, but actually you had built strength. Your body just needed that time to repair. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a discovery process, like everything, I guess. But the overtraining is also relative to your, your, the fuel that you're putting in your body, right? It's not necessarily just like you went too hard at pushing and pulling and didn't take a break or that you spent three hours at the gym when one would have sufficed. It's like, what are you giving yourself? Like you mentioned, you did the open, you were in a caloric surplus, you felt like a million dollars. Like I got energy for days. I came back and like last week, I felt like I had, I was my Dyson. Yeah, I had you were nothing the, the to sad give. little Dyson. So <laughs> if you're not fueled for the job and you're, you know, like, let's say you yeah. just work out an hour a day, five days a week, and all of a sudden you cut a monumental amount of calories out of your mm-hmm. diet. Well, technically, you're sort of now in a position where you're going to be overtraining because you simply don't have the energy to produce the power. And I think that was the biggest hit for me last week is like, I could have gone for, you know, 30, 40 minutes at like a moderate, low to moderate intensity with stuff that's not too heavy in a deficit and been absolutely fine. Yeah, absolutely. But anytime I had to do anything explosive or pick up any kind of weight, I had no power. Yeah. Like, you know, you're putting your foot in the gas pedal and your car is just straight out of gas and it maybe stutters a little bit. Maybe you get one rep, but usually (laughs) you'd be able to get five. You get out. And And it's just not there. And I was like, wow. And I know, and, and I know this is true because like having, you know, working with both males and females, like Mm -hmm. that both ends of the spectrum run, run into this problem. But like, if you're going to ask your body to be explosive or spend hour upon hour working out, you better believe that takes some food. Oh yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, I think, you know, we've talked about this different times, um, you know, back when you were doing the crazy, uh, we were learning bodybuilding poses and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And you were in a massive deficit and like CrossFit just felt awful. Um, right. But I mean, there's, I've gone through those phases too. When you're in a caloric deficit, functional bodybuilding is a great you you can do that you can do bodybuilding with rest between sets and moderate weights three by tens all that stuff like you can do that because your body's not you're not doing anything that requires the production of power Um, so there's definitely exercises that go alongside with different fueling strategies that work Um, but yeah I mean it's it's CrossFit is a a power, you know, so much of it is about power production. And if you can't train at the intensity, you certainly can't compete at any level of intensity or see those kinds of gains. So it's definitely, you know, it's, it's very sport specific. Um, There's a reason why endurance athletes who run like 50, 100 mile races um, can function quite well on like um, high fat diets. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're like, oh, like if they're um, keto or whatever. Right. Like there's certain sports that work well with certain kinds of eating. Um, so like aerobic activity. Yeah. And you don't have that Low level, demand not for sprinting. You don't have that like, demand for yeah. immediate energy. Yeah. Yeah. And like I just like I, I'm so happy like last week just really as much as it was like so difficult to not even be able to do a PR if I wanted to. 
yeah. try. I didn't yeah. try, but like even if I had tried, it would have been like I tried a couple of them and it was way, it was way, disappointing. way below what my expectations would have been. Yeah. But to have come from a place where I was like a maniac exercising, and it mm-hmm. was exercising then because there was no intention to it. it, was just like I'm just burning calories. I need to right. burn calories. This is like I'm gonna burn calories. Yeah. I ate a piece of cucumber. God help me, I'm gonna burn some more calories just to make sure it doesn't stick to my thighs. Um, and it's amazing what your body can do and how it will keep going. Absolutely. And they're, the, the, they're going to survive. A again, lot of going abuse, back to but... the young thing, you know, if you are underfueled and working out for hours and hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. every single day, it might, you know, you might be still be functioning right yeah. now. But in 20, 30 years, your bones are going to be shot. Yeah. You, I mean,. And I mean, it's right. Particularly I mean, if you're female, unfortunately. Unfortunately, yes, you're right. There's definitely sort of a gender thing there, especially with like our bone health. Um, but I mean, again, sort of thinking the CrossFit games, right? Like one of the most fascinating things, uh, like depending on athletes you follow on Instagram or something, occasionally they'll do things like what I eat in a day. Mm-hmm. And if it's, if they're competitive athletes, it's really interesting to look at when and where they eat and how they eat in between sessions, right? Mm-hmm. Most of us do not need to, train two a days right like we don't need to have a session in the morning and a session in the afternoon elite athletes obviously that is part of their training but like eating is also part of their job right like they they are they know exactly what they need to eat in between those workouts to be able to actually perform at each of those workouts and this is what like to my point like last week really highlighted for me is that coming from that place where i was like okay i'm gonna eat as little as i humanly can and i'm gonna go for as long as i can at just like this pace that's like not fast but i'm moving and as long as i'm moving i'm burning calories and i'm don't feel great but i'm burning calories so that's the goal to like last week going my god i appreciate yes my deficit was intentional and it's managed and I know what I'm doing and I'm on my way out of it and I'm freaking excited yeah like I am now excited to add in more food and then next week I'm gonna add in a bit more food and right now it's the perfect timing because I knew it wasn't gonna PR August is kind of just gonna be like my build-up month and Mm -hmm. September is when we start to do some more competitions and types and all the rest of it and it's so cool like it did make me smile earlier today when like like I updated my numbers and I was just like oh I oh. get to eat and I cannot wait to get that feeling back of yeah. like picking up a weight or having to do some kind of movement, which requires that like immediate energy. Yeah. Now we need to go to the backup systems and the backup systems are working. Yeah. Exactly. Rather than like, like, there's nothing there's no like that system. feeling. I'm, I'm similar. I think in my, my coach is on uh, vacation this week, but uh, basically when she's back next week, we're going to talk about what my increases are going to look like for the fall. Cause I'm also, you know, have been training with less intensity, right? The gymnastic stuff has been tough work, but it's also just hasn't required that kind of calorie output. So I'm, I'm not in a deficit. I'm in maintenance, but um, I'm looking forward to adding in more too. It's like so exciting to be given the gift of more food. Um, yeah, as we go forward. But And I know like for so many people that I've worked with, like, you know, you try and tell them that, okay, we're going to eat more food. And you're going to feel epic and your body composition will start doing what you've dreamed it will do for so long. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, really? More food? I'm like, yes. Best thing a coach ever said to me. I was like, I just don't understand. I'm like not losing weight. And back then I didn't even understand what that meant, right? What I wanted to do was like gain muscle and lose some body weight. I wanted to change my body composition. But the way it came out back then was just like, I want to lose weight. And he was like, okay, well, probably eating more and sleeping more. 
Yeah. So literally those two things, eat more, sleep more, two of my favorite things mm-hmm. would actually get the goals, like get the achieve the goals that I want. And I was like, this can't be true. Right. Like, I mean, once you like sleep, my way to that, my I can sli- like, right. What? Like once you and once you actually experience how true both of those things are. Right. Um, it, it, there's like no going back. It's magical. Right. To be like able to be like, oh, my goodness, you're right. Just sleeping like sleeping well and fueling your body and you will lose weight, like lose body fat and like the goals that you want. If you are working hard, obviously, and and other things go along with achieving those goals. But it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of mind blowing that like, it's sometimes that simple. Obviously it's. And I would like, I, there's, there's a handful of people that I can think of that I would love to just be like less output, more input mm-hmm. and trust the process because you're gonna feel amazing yeah like you will i promise you it will feel so yeah. much better to and like and being able to bring intensity yeah and explosive power and feel like you've got that and some yeah that's exciting that's yeah. like when i feel like those mat those days in the gym that feel magical like yeah. days in the gym where you're just like feeling like someone just wrung the last bit of life out of you that's no fun and you and i are both you know we're obviously both competitive people like we like this the sort of competitive aspect of crossfit generally but also we actually do go to competitions and we want to perform well and so you know that is again not everyone's mindset right like you don't have to be that level but like it goes back to experience too right like to you you really have to feel what that feels like for yourself um even if your goals aren't ultimately competition um just i mean who doesn't want to feel good doing a sport that they like right i mean like i don't want to do anything where i feel like garbage the whole time Uh and you're definitely gonna feel like garbage sometime even if you are like doing everything part of the process but like not all of the time but i say there's definitely there's certain people you know like mindsets like I am very much one of those people who is kind of like very vulnerable to overtraining. Um, so as a coach, going to put your coach's hat on now. Oh, okay. What would you say to people to help, you know, to somebody who you might look at and be like, yikes, I'm not sure if what you're doing is in... I mean, ultimately, I would say that we've talked about exercising. We've talked about training. Yeah. For those of us who are not professionals, who are not being paid to show up and perform, like, ultimately, this all should really come down to, like, being healthy. Yeah. The healthiest versions of ourselves. Like, my biggest intent with training now, like, yes, I want to do some fancy tricks and stuff like that. My biggest intention with training is to be as strong as I can so that as I age, I'm not breaking down and falling apart and like unable to get off the floor in 30 years time and stuff like that. Um, and so, you know, if you see somebody who you think, I'm not sure there is a goal here or the right intention Mm -hmm. with what's going on here, like how would you open up that conversation with somebody to introduce the idea or the concept of like overtraining and like, yeah, this may not actually be healthy, what you're doing. I mean, I think we've touched on kind of the main, some of the major things already, right? Which is just asking someone, do you have goals? 
have you thought about goals? And like, um, I think like, I'm always curious to know what kind of assumptions people come to the gym with, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, so if you, if you have a goal and your goal is to get stronger, like, what do you think about what you're doing is going to help make you stronger, mm-hmm. right? Because some people actually think like, oh, the more weights you lift and it's like, oh, okay. So then, you know, kind of, I'm going to hit my PR every single yeah, day. Where someone's week. like gaps in knowledge are or something. Right. So like, be curious about that. Um, you know, I feel like that's actually happened a lot. We've got a competition coming up in our gym and, um, many of our listeners I'm sure have been coached by Hannah and I, and we tend to, um, you know, we don't like no repping people, but we no rep people, right? We like say like, here are movement standards. You need to meet them. And what I've realized lately is like, sometimes if people are there just to exercise and to move, they don't care about movement standards. Mm -hmm. And there's some that like everybody should care about, right? Like, good squat form. There's so many things we talk about in the gym that are just good. Um, but in theory, the precision of like a CrossFit movement and its standards that are applicable to a competition, not everyone needs to do those in the gym. Yeah. So I've been asking people lately, I'm like, oh, I saw that you signed up for the for the rainbow throwdown. So when we're in class, can, do you want me to let you know when you are meeting those standards or not? Mm-hmm. Right. Like you've signed up for a competition. So that lets me know you're interested in this. So I am then going to kind of let them know or ask them like, OK, can I start treating you like someone who is being competitive? Yeah. And if that's the case, I'm definitely going to tell you that, like, you're not getting below parallel in your wall balls. Right. Like wall balls are everyone's favorite one. We're like squat depth is great. Put a wall ball in their hand and, and all of a sudden they like appears. can't go below parallel. Um, or if they go below parallel, they can't hit the line anymore. So it's crazy. But that's, you know, that's that's one example. Right. So like being curious, talking to someone, not just about what their goals are, but what they think about what they're doing. And that was really like, interesting. Do you we think did that's working. We did have goal review sessions, which are like optional. With yeah. People to, and, you know, a lot of people took took us up on it. And certainly the people that I chatted to, there was, you know, there were some people who, you know, very, very clear with what they want to mm-hmm. work on, had a plan, you know, had it all sort of balanced out with how often they're training, what they're eating, awareness of all the other factors that go into making sure that you're in the best possible place health-wise to be able to achieve that. And then there were definitely a handful of people who were just like bumbling along with no plan or no idea that like actually working out and then not eating anything all day until the end of the day and not drinking any water and getting three hours sleep a night (laughs) is probably detrimental to your progress. And then, you know, I've, the interesting one you get is like um, when you work with people who want to be really good at two completely sort of opposing things. Oh, yeah. And then I'm like, okay, well, this is where we have to kind of run into the conversation of like body types mm-hmm. and what it takes, the like the optimal body composition for this one end of the extreme and the optimal body composition for the other end of the extreme. Yeah. And then when it comes in t- terms of nutrition, one of these things requires you know a very specific kind of nutrition the other one is like the polar opposite if you want to be primed for it so are you happy to be kind of walking that middle road where you're not amazing at either you're very good at both but not like the very top of the top at either or is one slightly the favored and you're willing to sacrifice on the other one and i mean that's right like crossfit 
um, CrossFit favors the generalist for sure, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like gymnasts have a great base going into CrossFit. Olympic weightlifters have a great base going into CrossFit. And they generally have to like not focus on the thing that maybe they were great at before they came into the sport to become more of a generalist, right? That's why we talk about working on our weaknesses. We've got to fill all those holes from Olympic lifting to powerlifting to gymnastics to endurance and like cardiovascular, like, you know, strengths. And um, it is, I mean, it, it, it's hard to kind of balance that because sometimes it means giving up on something maybe you, you've done as an athlete before so that you can get better. Cause you're right. I mean, like, uh, uh, someone who my, my brother he runs 50 mile trail running races right Ooh. he is not interested in putting on muscle mass mm-hmm. right like that's not he he's it's not part of his goal so it's like he so i would never like if he was like hey i want to like chat about nutrition right like i would talk to him very differently because he's clear on what his goals are um, and it would be detrimental to him exactly. if he did. Oh, absolutely! Like suddenly he, he get a, turn into a, a beef ton cake. of protein and like all right. Like I mean, it just wouldn't. It, yeah, he probably wouldn't feel good doing the sport he wants to do. Um, but I mean, I had that experience earlier this year, right? I mean, I I was working with a coach, doing a a program that was specific to mountain sports. Right? I was doing a mountaineering, um, uphill sport specific training program that was powerlifting it was um you know certain kinds of explosive strength but but done more in like a like the a bodybuilding style like where you know you're doing super sets and sets of 10 so you're, you're the weight's not super heavy you're you know and it wasn't crossfit right mm-hmm. um there were also days in that programming where i was supposed to run for like 40 to 60 minutes and it was very precise. I did not run on the same days I lifted. Like, mm-hmm. like, right. Like the programming was like, you focus on lifting. And I even talked to one of the coaches, um, specifically about it. And he was kind of giving me thoughts on like why we actually separate, um, endurance work and strength work by ideally like 24 hours at the very least 12 hours, like if you're doing two a days or something, right? Because they work against each other Mm -hmm. in the way your body recovers. Um, I think that's a key point that a lot of people don't realize, you know, who are, if you are listening to this and you are somebody who typically spends hours and hours and hours in the gym and you're bouncing around like one minute you're running, the next minute you're trying to do something super heavy and like Mm -hmm. you could very well be completely undoing Any kind of like gains you're hoping from like either the strong, the strength parts Mm -hmm. or the cardio parts that you could be reversing stuff. Yeah. And next week you're going to see, right? Like we're going to watch a ton of elite CrossFitters do everything back to back to back to back. But that's. That's because they're in a competition phase, right? They're not training anymore next week. They're not doing that all day, they, every day. Like that, the mixing up, that's precisely because it's CrossFit competition specifically, right? Um, but no, nobody's training like that um, every single day. Exactly. Um, and you can guarantee the amount of carbs that are being eaten oh during that week would be monumental. Oh, the amount of, like, that's actually the coolest thing is like, I'm hoping some athletes maybe do their, like those food posts or their coaches do about like what what they're supposed to be eating when they're at the games. Cause like that's what the, crazy I, I follow who's in one of the Invictus teams, um, team members. Um, she was at, she, she, she actually posted saying, you know, she'll post like bits of things she's eating, which is like, I will never do a full day of eating kind of oh, yeah. video because 
if people copied me and they're not it would doing not what we're doing, they would be yeah. obese. Yes. Like very fast. Yes. And that's a good point, right? Like these are fun things to watch. But again, like, right, we are all different. We are not these elite athletes. Um, the one thing I will say, though, that also came up in the way when I was training for sort of, yeah, like the non-CrossFit stuff, I also want was doing the open and then qualified for quarterfinals. So I wanted to do that. And my coach was very honest. She was like, I get it. You're having fun with CrossFit right now, though. You told me your goals was Mount Whitney and Ecuador. Right. So like we're still working with that plan. I'm glad you're also well fed and crushing CrossFit. So mm-hmm. if and when you want that to be your goal, like we'll talk again. Right. Like so she was she was definitely very adaptable because she knows I'm not an elite competitor. I'm just having fun with a bunch of different sports at that time. Um, so, you know, but it's, again, you clarify goals. The one thing that came up, though, that I think is, I would, hopefully, this would also come up in conversation with someone if I were, you know, trying to coach them through something like this. Um, a lot of athletes and nutrition coaches work in, like, um, like cycling. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, on heavy training days, you're adding in more food and stuff like that. Um, I actually am in a cycle right now where I can take low days. Like, if there's days of particularly low activity, I can cut a little bit. Um, so that's just sort of part of my, my maintenance schedule. Um, but I will say one thing that I do see people do is on their rest days, like, they're like, oh, I'm going to be good. I'm going to take a rest day. And then they dramatically cut their calories on their rest day. And I was like, why would you take away food on the day that you're giving your body to repair itself? (laughs) Right. Like, right. Like you definitely want to like your maintenance calories, like eat that same thing on your rest day. Right. Like your body needs fuel to repair itself the same way it needs fuel to do the working days. And that was something I also had to learn. I was all into carb cycling. I was like asking my coach, like, oh, I want to try this because I thought that would help me lose body fat faster right and like Mm -hmm. achieve the body comp goals I wanted um and luckily I had good coaches nutrition coaches early on who were like yeah we're not there yet like you're not an elite athlete carb cycling is like has to do with like frequency of training like it's not just oh you had a a lazier day so you're gonna starve yourself right like it's like again it's simple and it's complex and you know and it's so funny like the, thing, the things so. that we expect our bodies to do and how we treat our bodies is, like, you wouldn't treat your car like that. Absolutely not, right? Like, like your oil light comes on, and you're like, oh, I need to go get some oil or, you know, whatever. You don't yeah. go, well, we'll just, yeah, we'll just maybe, just like, take a bit out and yeah, see exactly. if it still I'm work. just like, we'll just drain it of more oil, right? Like, yeah, exactly. It's, um... So yeah, I think, like... The vacuum, the vacuum comparison. I mean, a, I'd say a good thing for anybody who particularly... I mean, this applies to exercisers or people who consider themselves to be training. Mm-hmm. But, like, you'll have those days where you go in and you feel powerful and you feel yeah. great. And you're like, you know, you do your hours workout and you're like, I could I could go again. I could Not that I going. should, yeah. but I could go again. Yeah. And if you have those days, then it's good to kind of sit up and take note and go, oh, cool. Why? Like, what did I do? And most yeah. of the time, it's because people ate a shitload of food the day yeah, before. They were, like, a lot of times, you know, people, like, eat... Carb loading. Yeah, <laughs> go to have a barbecue or something on a Sunday and yeah. eat tons of food. And then you come in on Monday and it's just like, oh, damn, I've got You're all this energy. crushing it. Yeah. And, you know, did I sleep well? Did I drink lots of water? Is my stress level in a good place right now? Because all of these things count. And then if you have a day, like, my entire week, the last couple of weeks, where I was just like, I have got nothing more than just showing up 
and yeah. moving and being able to be aerobic, but never mind anaerobic stuff. I don't have it. Yeah. Like, if you feel like that, or if you feel sore to the point of, like, almost... Have you ever done that where you're, like, you're sore to the touch, but you almost feel like you're getting the flu yeah. kind of situation? Yeah. And it's not going away. I mean, we all get sore. Right? It doesn't matter how well you eat at some point. If yeah. you're doing... Sore, soreness is not about your fitness level. No. Like, it, you're, like you're... you will get yeah. sore regardless. And that's cool and to be expected. But if it's something that's, like, kind of permanently there and on the verge of making you feel almost unwell... That's not a good sign. Yeah. If you feel like just extremely fatigued all of the time, um, not a good sign. Like keeping a track of your mood too is a really good yeah. thing. Like your mood and your headspace when you're yeah. at the gym and how you feel about, you know, what if the gym was closed today? This is a great question to think about. Like, oh, you know, you've got you're somebody who is like, I need to spend X amount of time in the gym every day or my world is going to come to an end. Like if you showed up and the gym was closed, what are you going to do? Are you going to be able to go? OK, cool. Well, I couldn't. You know, I wasn't planning to have a rest day, but I could take a rest day today. Or maybe I'll just go jog around the block and I did something and cool. We're, we're good. Or do you actually feel that kind of sense of panic of like, oh, my God. I, this I've got yeah. to spend this number of hours in the gym because it like burns as many these many calories or I, like whatever parameter it is that you have like yeah you're completely fixated on. If you feel that, and Lord knows I have been there, <laughs> I do feel like this is a great topic because like I'm watching you talk this. I'm like I'm like yes, and Hannah's also talking to herself in a lot of these oh, yeah. things. Like, and these are, but like I now there. know like I I now you know things come up sometimes and I'm just like and I still will get that sort of like oh, but I was gonna work out then I'm like and you're gonna be just fine if you don't like yeah. literally missing a day and even if it's a workout that I really love I can do it again some other time yeah so I, I will still get that and I will likely always get that kind of feeling of like have I ha, could I do more have I done enough should I do another rep but I'm now much more aware of it and like catching it and being like I don't think we need to. <laughs> so I made a point in the gym on like, I think you had just arrived and you asked me what, like what, what if I'd hit a PR, if I was going for a PR or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I was just like, nope, nope. Yeah. Not even going to try because I don't have it in me. And if I go in with that mindset of like, I've got to be able to achieve this. And I know fine. Well, that I, I yeah. can't possibly achieve it then I'm going to get in a funky headspace. And then for somebody who's wired like me, if I get in a bad headspace about something, then the way to deal with it is to then go double down and do more. Right. It's like punishment or something yeah. like that. And of course, that's now only just going to dig me into a deeper hole and make me feel yeah. like shit 10 times more and and so on and so forth. But I think it's really important, especially like, you know, CrossFit people get so excited about it and it does come with like a community and it's super fun and it's always different and there's always something that you're trying to figure out how to do or tweak or get better at that it does become addictive yeah and there's always people at the gym who seem to be able to go a little bit longer or do a little bit more and like you've won always it's easy to get kind of caught up in their always game be people better than you yeah but it's always super important to like just check in and be like, eh, do I feel good? Like, is what mm -hmm. I'm doing right now feeling good? Is there any kind of plan? And 
And if there is stuff that I want to achieve, do I feel like I'm actually getting closer yeah. to it? Have I been like flogging a dead donkey for the last three years doing the same thing <laughs> and I'm still moving at the same speed and I'm still that, picking the Can you just say that, that sounds so much better than beating a dead horse? Flogging. Flogging a dead, <laughs> a dead donkey. That just so much more colorful. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's that's a great question, right? Because, I mean, if you are training, if you're exercising, maybe this doesn't quite apply the same way. But if you are training and you have a goal, um, right? I mean, you should be able to tell if you are moving toward that goal, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's the great thing about numbers on a barbell or um, gymnastics progressions, body weight, like you you know are yeah. are you getting better and and it's kind of like when we talk about like weighing yourself any one day stepping on the scale is not enough information right you you want if you're going to get on the scale you need to do it over time and have weekly averages or monthly mm-hmm. averages right so it's kind of the same thing like i don't i'm not saying that you have to go in every single day and be better than the day before but over the course of a week or a month you should be able to tell if you're making progress, whatever, mm-hmm. toward whatever that goal. And if you're not, like, that's the easiest, like, that should be one of the clearest signals to be like, I need to, like, reevaluate or I need to talk to a coach or I need to, like, figure out why. And right? this is the important part, though, like, we're, we're, like, if you take nothing else away from this, like, <laughs> that question, like, I'm not, I'm not progressing towards my goals. Yeah. And traditional mindset would send you down the path of, like, oh, I need to do more. Do more. I yeah. need to, like, increase reps or intensity or hours or whatever it could quite possibly be that you need to do less and shift that focus because like if you go to a class and it's an hour long class and you give it like a 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10 you give it everything you got with all of the intensity you can Mm. bring for those of us who are just normal, average human beings who are not professional athletes, that is very much enough oh, yeah. for that day. Yeah. And it's also going to give you far more benefit than three hours of just doing something at, you know, your heart rate's elevated just a little tiny mm-hmm. bit. And because when we're looking at like that, you know, in the same way when I did the bodybuilding cut and you gave me like 5K right. rows or yeah. whatever things that would just like sit there and finish yeah and you know at that point the only purpose behind that was to burn calories right you were trying to it did not doing an experiment to be as lean it as possible did not make me was, fitter because no. i was not doing it with any kind of intensity to yeah. like it was not enough stimulus to create a response it did not make me stronger i mean it kind of the opposite right I the mean, only you, thing you, it you did were losing strength at was that point. to burn calories yeah. which you know, at some point, if you run out of body fat or you're just like doing it all wrong, you could be just eating your muscle away at this point. Yeah. You kind of got to ask, like, what what am I doing here? Yeah. Does it make me happy? <laughs> That's always that. I would say it's, you know, another just quick mountaineering correlation. But like I always when I backpack, um, I generally lose about a pound a day. Mm-hmm. I come home, if it's a five-day backpacking trip, I'm probably going to be four or five pounds lighter when I get back. And I always used to be concerned about that because I was like, oh, it's just muscle. Like it's, like I had this vision in my head that it was eating away my muscle, right? Like, so I, ha- I was telling myself this story that my strength gains and my endurance sports hiking, you know, goals were always going to work against each other. And 
it is like it's good to be aware of that because it, it, it did sort of you know, I'll focus more on like bringing protein when I hike and things like that. But it was also kind of good to be reminded that like, it's okay to have phases of, of being less strong than I was, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like I can, if you want to do different things, that's great. Like we're not elite athletes who have to pick a single sport and just go for it. Um, And the great thing about strength is I can build it back, right? Like that also is something, um, that I always wish people could have the experience of like what it's like to get stronger, lose that strength and then get it back. Cause then you realize like no feeling is forever, right? Like this Mm -hmm. is, we absolutely have the power to change our goals and change the ways we we reach those goals on a regular basis. And that's, that's pretty empowering as well, right? To realize like you don't have to do the same thing day in and day out. It's okay to change. Yeah. And that's like, kind of where I'm at right now like I know that time off and then like intentionally eating less than I burn that's not the recipe for being strong yeah so right now I'm not feeling as strong as I was six months ago but I'm also not panicked about it because I don't need to be right strong right now and it's kind of nice to give my body a bit of a break from like dumping heavy ass barbells on it yeah. because I did that like the whole barbell club and all the rest of it was just like <laughs> go 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 and got injured and now it's kind of nice to be in a like all right well all right. the time is right right now to be doing what I'm doing but I'm also excited for that then process of like all right let's go to work yeah because in let's a couple months we've got competitions strength. maybe there's going to be a barbell complex in the Wadapalooza qualifiers or something we're certainly going to be looking ahead to the open and the quarterfinals again and we're going to be eating a lot more <laughs> than our maintenance that we're at right now right so maybe yeah I can it is exciting to look ahead to what the next to, like four months are going to be make it to 140 pounds but like by adding muscle mass. Yeah. That would be a huge. That was fun. There was something. It was one of the open workouts this past. I think it was the one that had the. You did the workout and then you did a one rep max thruster. Mm-hmm. And one of the CrossFit, you know, out reporting outlets or, or scientists, you know, athletes was posting about like, what was the ideal body weight for that workout? Because mm-hmm. it was sort of that like. Can you be a generalist? Do you have enough muscle mass and power to do the one remax thruster? Do you have the right like leanness to do like the the aerobic piece and the the I think it was burpee pull ups or yeah, something, right? It so it was like pull-ups. body weight mastery, but then you needed to be a beast on this barbell. Um and it was kind of cool. Like, right, like I'm not saying everyone needs to be 145 or to 147 pounds, but that was sort of like they averaged out all the elite athletes and how they did and based on their body weight came to that number. And I was like, that's kind of cool, right? Because that's like, I'm how, always... how heavy can I be to still achieve my goals rather than how small do I have to be? Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Like elite level CrossFit athletes, females, I'd say they average 150 to 155-ish. Yeah, like they're not tiny like, humans. They can't I, be. They want to be know, dense. That's where like, I like always go like, okay. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not that. Like I just don't have that if that I, would be a lot I, I mean that'd be some serious for you to put that on in muscle i would have take to put on 20 pounds good of <laughs> chunk of body recomp like very strategic nutrition and lifting and hypertrophy and so yeah if i could make it to i would love to see 140 on the scale but like having pounded that on like 
with some muscle mass gain. I think I managed to like hit that once a couple of years ago, which felt, and it felt like good muscle mass gain and not just like I managed to pack on some fluff to make it to 140, which isn't going to help me out. But yeah, like every time I see stuff like that, I'm always like, yeah, I'm just that little bit shrimpy. I mean, it's like the same height, right? Like they, like there's never been a CrossFitter over six feet tall on the podium. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's also like there's always going to be something that like is not, you know, just maybe naturally not what you're going to be. I think if you're a guy, you want to be like five, nine ish, around 185, 195 pounds. There's 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 these sweet spots. But that's female, probably like five, 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 six and probably about 150 to 155 pounds. So I'm in the right height range. Yeah, we're in the right height range. But it is definitely like so sports specific, right? Like that's. That's, but anyway, that's CrossFit. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the whole point of this random trip around the houses with all of the noises from outside because the windows are open. It was, hot, it was a very and active, Dory barking um, and active podcast with outside noises for us sure. trying not to get distracted by all of the aforementioned. Hopefully <laughs> there is a point in here somewhere. And that is to say that, uh, you know, ask yourself what you're doing and why you're yeah. doing it and what you're working towards. And is it yeah. working? Yeah. And is it working? Exactly. And that's like the be, first. Be the curious first, with yourself. First always question in coaching is how's that working for you? Yeah. And if you're like, well, you know, I would really love to be more explosive, and you've spent like five hours just, you know, on a machine. Well, depleting your power. You're yeah. probably <laughs> your own roadblock. <laughs> so there's how we will leave it. Thank you, Zara, for listening. Apologies for the interruptions, and we will see you next time. <laughs>